those of the management and staff of WTCA. It's the What's Your Opinion show, our daily talk show focusing on you, the people, events, and issues of Marshall County. Now here's your hosts, Kathy Bardorf and Rusty Nixon. Uh-oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? <laughs> Mike, 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 what day is it, Mike? Huh? Huh? Anybody? Listen, guess what day it is? <laughs> oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Huh? Guess what today is? Huh? Hey, hey, listen, guess what today is? <laughs> guess what day it is? Hey, what day is it, Mike? Mike, 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 anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? It's hump day. Hump day! Hump, hump, hump day! Hump, 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 hump day! (laughs) (laughs) And Julie and everybody else needs to hang on their hat today for Wednesday. February the 15th. It's a wild Wednesday this morning out there with that wind blowing. That's about how it sounds. Um, Rusty, I noticed oh, okay. that you drove to work today. I think you were probably afraid you would be blown away before you got here this morning walking. Well, when the uh, <clears throat> when the lady in the bicycle with the little dog in the back... <laughs> basket flew past me as I walked out the door. I figured it might be a good day to have something a little heavier on me, even than me. Maybe I should just drive today and make sure I get there. Yeah, I just wasn't feeling it. I was scared to death last night uh, because it's trash day. Uh, yes. And Everybody puts their cans out. While the cans were up close to the, the garage the uh, you know it, it it's a it's a it, it is a garage now but I, i'm pretty sure it was like a coach house like where uh, they kept yes. horses and stuff yes. in the old I think days it probably was. Uh, which is really cool even to think, about, think about i about got that, i yes. got one i feel like i ought to buy a horse now and stable <laughs> it there but um as long as it's up close to that the wind doesn't sweep in there and, and knock uh, it down that's good well, you bring it out and then it's down in that kind of alley thing and, and it's, it's like a, a like wind, wind tunnel. tunnel yep so I'm a, I I left it out front uh, last night. Like, I'm like, please don't blow over. I got to get it out there. It's, it's nighttime. I get out there. I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna do this because I don't want to get up at <laughs> three in the morning and be out here chasing and trash all over the neighborhood. The and I got here, and ours was turned over. Oh, was uh, it really? Nothing had gotten out of it, wow. but it was on its side, and I was oh. scared that it was going to happen again because once again it sits right on that corner yes, and there's just yeah. wind coming from every direction so yeah it was uh, uh i think i i hope i made uh, my son's boss happy she was coming to work about the same time and it was blocking the uh the alleyway back there <laughs> so i hustled up and picked it up and threw it up there but uh, that's this morning and jim went around the corner of the side of our garage to put something in the trash can and he came back around and goes 
I don't know where the black trash can is. And so it's like he starts looking across the street and can't find anything. And so I look over in the neighbor's yard to the north of us. And say, uh, it's over there. Oh, it's going to say the trash can's gone. What you don't realize is that it just killed a witch on a, in an <laughs> emerald city about 100 miles away. So yeah, It is windy. It's going to be like this. Gosh, until about 4 o'clock this afternoon, uh, regular winds are going to be about, uh, oh, you know, 25 to 35 miles an hour. And then we're going to have wind gusts, actually, that could get up to about 50 miles an hour. So, you know, people just really, you know, be cautious, especially if you happen to drive one of those high-profile vehicles. Um, yeah. You know, like if you're going down the highway and you're behind or beside a semi driving along and then you pull out and you're in front of him or beside or behind him and then that wind hits you because he's maybe blocking that, you know, he's blocking that for you. And um, it, it is definitely scary. And if you have things like empty trash cans out, obviously, um, if the trash man's been there, go pick it up and put it back because it's just going to fly gonna around today. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to be a good day, that's make, for sure. Make sure that uh, if you have small children, they're properly tied down to keep them from flying away. Um, so <laughs> okay. they're going to be out walking with a small child. Make sure that they are properly properly secured to the ground. That, that's, that's properly secured to the ground. Yep. I, I'm not exactly sure how how you do that. No, anchor. Gotta have oh, an anchor. Anchors? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, one of those giant boat anchors. That, okay. I mean, like the ship anchors, and then you just tie it around them. Wonderful. They, they're able to. Okay. Stay on the ground that way. Uh, we are going to have a guest a little bit later on in the show, about 9:45. Uh, Ali Shook is going to be here. We are going to be talking about the Career Center. Um, Marshall County was fortunate enough to get a ready grant for the Career Center, and so. That now uh, we have money. Um, they have some pledges for the public funds that they need, and now they need to do the private funds. And so they're going to talk about uh, the capital fundraising project that they're going to get underway. And we're going to, you know, we're really going to delve into the career center, what it is, how it operates, who it benefits, and obviously the biggest one is how much money are they going to have to raise because yeah. it is substantial it is 60 percent of the cost uh the ready ready grant gave to 20 percent and then pi private fund or public funds is another 20 percent so that leaves 60 percent of private donations to get this going uh, and while a lot of that money will come from industry in the county um, it also has to come from private individuals, yeah. businesses, and you know organizations and that kind of thing. So, right, that's what we're going to talk about a little bit later on in the show. But uh, there is news we need to talk about. Um, I did get a story uh, from uh, John Grolick. Uh Jerry. He this past weekend he was over at Hannah, Indiana, um, and John is the District Five chairman of the indiana volunteer firefighters association and the district five is like I, there's like 30 some fire departments in that district and so um he was over there as they honored a hannah firefighter uh who was recognized for 75 years of service 
Um, and so... Uh, what? Said, yeah, 75 years of service. Now, obviously, the older you get, the less your service becomes, and you you kind of become Still? Just, yeah. I mean, well, that, he has yeah, to that's be... Uh, that's unbelievable. Yeah. So... I just, you know, it was really wonderful. His name is William Garner. I just wondered if he was related to Kurt Garner by some way, maybe, know. possibly. I don't know. So um, I posted a little story on that. I thought our firefighters in this area would be kind of interested to see that, you know, that it kind of hits home for them, I think, and makes them realize yeah. that it's really important. Well, that's the amazing thing to me about firefighters and EMS. They retire and all that means is that they have a little more control over when they're going to yes. work. I mean, they, yeah. they don't ever really retire. walk away from it. I mean, you know, uh, it's just, I don't know. I, 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 to be able to stay at it in that profession that long is amazing anyway. Um, because of what you, especially EMT, what you see sometimes. Oh, yes. um, oh, I've yes. known a couple of friends of mine that had to get out. Because um, it was there was uh, one, one friend of mine. There was one scene that involved a child, and they they couldn't ever, ever do it again. Yeah, so, I totally get it. You know, and so somebody that for seventy five years, I mean, and when then, he, as a yeah. fireman, you're watching people's lives burn. You sure so, are. So you know, it's not. It takes a special person to do that. I, you know, they just never ever give it up. They just keep going. So, um, also, I want to remind everybody, tonight, 6 o'clock at the Lincoln Junior High Cafeteria, um, the Plymouth Community School Board is going to conduct a special meeting, um, and this is to discuss the redistricting of our four elementary schools in Plymouth. Uh, the corporation has hired McKibben Demographics Research. They're out of Rock Hill, South Carolina, and they are actually assisting in this undertaking it's a huge thing to do a redistricting project and uh so this company's been doing it since 1989 they have completed successfully more than 200 products projects for school districts for planners and developers so the head honcho jerry mckibben will be here to present two redistricting options that they have come up with after doing a lot of surveying work of figuring out who lives where and how many children are here and there and and their economic backgrounds and their social backgrounds and all, you know the whole bit um the first one that he has created will have an impact of about 148 students while the second one will cause about 350 students to have to change schools our uh, superintendent mitch mayhorter uh, said using the current elementary enrollment of 1,163 students in the four elementary schools, um, that the first one will impact about 13% of the enrollment, while that bigger one with the 350 students would impact about 30% of the elementary enrollment. So um, that is, it's an informational meeting tonight where, um, you know, everybody's going to get a, the first look at this. And so um, they are inviting the public to come to Lincoln Junior High, 6 o'clock tonight. The meeting is also going to be available on Zoom. And I have hooked up that Zoom link to our website for folks. So uh, they can, uh, if they don't want to go to the meeting, they can attend the meeting through Zoom. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, go to so the website. So that's really nice, too. Yeah, go to am1050.com and just click it. Yep, definitely. Um, received a press release from Mike Boschek, uh as he received a plaque um, recently for honoring his support of term limits amendment in the Congress. Of course, he is a, a state uh, a state senator here, but he believes that we should have term limits in Congress. You know what? I kind of agree with him too. Well, I don't know. I, I'm torn on that. I, I know there are some good ones out there, but if they're that good, you know, you sit out for four years. Let's say you can run three years. We'll say so. You've got twelve years in. You have to sit out for four years, and then you could run again. Is that how it would work, though? I, I would think on a term limit. Uh, I mean, that's what happens here in the county. We have term I, limits, and... Uh, yeah, I don't... I don't know. Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know. You, you get somebody good in there, you don't... But how long can they be good and effective? Well, I mean, we have some people, people who are for in a there, long, long time. Yes, who are in their seventies, and some of them look like they're in their eighties. You know, I just feel like the term limits would be a good thing. I don't disagree, but I don't know that I fully agree either. I think there's got to be, you know, like I said, if you get somebody good in a spot, you don't want to have them have to ju- think locally. I think it has more of an impact. I'm thinking about, you know. The clerk treasurer's job, things like that. The, yes, it makes um, it hard to find somebody right. qualified to you, run in that you, position. You got somebody like Penny, who was With, so good right, at it. Yes, and, and then she can only have two terms. Two terms, and then that's has eight to, years. to move on. Right. So, you know, in that case, that's one of those situations where it would have been uh, great to have her for another term, another Let's term, get 12 years. another couple yeah. of terms, or wh- exactly. however long she wants to serve, or until the people decide they want somebody else. You know, because it is, you can elect them, but I, that's what I mean. That's that's why term because limits you can are. Elect them. It's a slippery slope but either way. Some people who won't run again, you know, against somebody because they've been in there for. Well, there's so some many. people that shouldn't be there right now in their <laughs> yes. first term. So well, you're right. You know, I, yeah. I yeah. Uh, I yeah. I I I'm torn on that because I do see the extreme positive in it, but I also see. There's some negative as well, so I, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm glad that I don't make the decision. Well, there are more than 60 legislators who have pledged support of the amendment. And in 2022, there was a poll here in Indiana that showed uh, 79% of Republicans and 79% of de- Democrats, along with 72% of independents, approved placing term limits on members in Congress. So that's kind of interesting. I kind of... I'm well, kind of you know, I, here's the thing. They'll do it, and then somebody will figure out a way around it. Well, as I said, you could, you know, let's say let's say they give them the three, three terms. So we'll say it's 12 years. Okay, you get your 12 years in. You have to step out. That next person gets elected, and, oh, lo and behold, I, I get sick or something happens and i decide i cannot fulfill my four-year term right then they can have a caucus or a re-election and i i believe at that point then you could run again 
So I think there is a way to come in through the back door and get another four years in. See, there's always a way to that. That's yeah, the story of our nation. Let's mm-hmm. let's uh, let's create um, rules and regulations to keep people from cheating, <laughs> and then they spend all their time figuring out how, how to, to beat cheat. the system and cheat. So yes. uh, thank thank God we're here to to show the world just how. How dysfunctional you can be uh, politically. I don't know. It's like <laughs> I, I'm all about limiting the amount of money you can spend, too. Oh, I, I They was did that, and then that the too. Supreme Court helped us with the decision, and now we have PACs that do the same exact thing, yeah, but uh, don't have to. Now they have no restriction on it. <laughs> but, well, we're going to restrict it. So if you put a limit on how much you could spend, no worries. We'll just figure out another well, way to yeah, do it we'll, anyway. We'll figure out how so, to work around that. We'll figure Definitely. Look at taxes, for God's sake. Oh, let's not even go there. <laughs> There's a way around everything. Yeah. There's a loophole well, everywhere. Well, if you're smart and if you have enough money, you can get around it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, also, uh, got a press release from the Marshall County Sheriff's Department last Friday. About 10 o'clock at night, Officer Wozniak. Uh, was on patrol and he did a traffic stop on US 31 in the area of 13th Road on a passenger vehicle. During that investigation, uh, he thought he smelled some marijuana coming from inside that vehicle. Uh, So there was a probable cause search that was completed. They found multiple packets of marijuana located in the vehicle. Uh, There were two passengers, 24-year-old Kobe Beard and 22-year-old Cameron Reed, both of Kokomo, who were taken into custody, taken out to the Marshall County Jail. They were booked for possession of marijuana and given cash bonds of $250. Um, This happened at 10 o'clock at night, I believe it was. Yes, and they both bonded out before midnight. Well, good. So it'll be interesting to see if they come back or not. (laughs) Yeah, it will be. The Marshall County uh, Hazardous Mitigation uh, Steering Committee is going to host a public information and strategic planning session on Tuesday, February the 28th from 530 to 630 in the meeting room of the county building. Over the past several months, a planning committee uh, consisting of a variety of community uh, members have worked with the company to update the county's multi-hazardous mitigation plan. This is something I believe has to be done every five years. Um, And Clyde Avery, who has been in that position for a number of years, um, is retiring. That is going to be... The end of April or early May. And so that is really going to hit us hard. And so those who are interested in that have the opportunity to come and, um, you know, get involved uh examples of some of the projects that have been completed by communities is building storm shelters adding warning sirens relocating or removing homes that have suffered uh flood damage and uh fire protection enhancements um and the county just continues to to work towards you know making things safe for people here in the county so it is a public meeting I may try and go to that one just just for fun. Oh, that we'll would see. be fun. Just for fun. I mean, just for fun. I'm going to go to a meeting just for fun. Uh, uh. 
Um, <laughs> last week, the Plymouth Community School Board also approved the capacity and deadlines for transfer students during their meeting. Um, and this is actually for the 2023-24 school year. So not this year, but starting next school session. So they have to put, a, they don't have to, but because of space limitations, they have to put a limit on the number of transfer students they can have and how many students can be in each grade level. And so um, for kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, and fourth grade, um, oh, fourth grade, um, we they can have a maximum of only 325 students per grade level. And then the same thing holds true for fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade uh, is only 325 students. Now, when you get into the high school, ninth to through 12th grade, it's unlimited. So we must have a lot more space there in the high school um, to be able to accommodate more than 325 kids in a, basically in a graduating class right. when you think about that. So um, it, it's just something that has to be done on a regular basis by the school board so they don't exceed their capacity limits. Well, and the, the makeup of the town changes. It certainly does. So far as where people are, are living. I mean, you know, you remember back when we were kids, almost everybody oh. lived in town. There yes. wasn't a lot of True. people living yeah, in the country. Right. So, you know, and if you remember right, this blows me away that it's gone now that railroad track that ran on old 30 yeah it's not that far i mean it's just north of the roundabout that yes. was uh, yep. north of that went to laville schools yep oh yeah yeah so you know it, things change because people areas become populated and unpopulated and you know you gotta it's a moving thing you gotta make sure you stay up to date with the way your community changes there is um kind of like an application process that <clears throat> goes through to become a transfer student and you know once you you have applied to do that uh then the school board as long as it the numbers fit within that parameter then the school board uh will approve that and moves forward if the number of students requesting transfer exceeds the capacity per grade level a lottery would be held at the next school board meeting to determine which students are going to be recommended for acceptance into the meeting or, yeah. or into the school corporation. So that's kind of interesting yeah. that they would do that. The uh, other story I want to talk about uh, has to do with the city council meeting on Monday. And the big part of that meeting ended up being um, a proposal for a wage increase for Plymouth police officers. Um, and so Jen Clearman, who is the HR director, uh, presented uh, what a committee has put together. Uh, on January 9th, the committee was formed to evaluate the city's need to address issues with police officers leaving the department. Uh, at that January 9th meeting, at that point, we'd had four police officers resign from the department and go to the South Bend Police Department. Since that time, two more have left. So we have six officers who have now left the department. And we have we have some that are retired too. So yeah. um, the committee uh, is Board of Works member Bill Walters and then Councilman Dwayne Culp and Don Ecker. 
And Bill Walters was a police chief down in Argus, so he has police yeah. background. Dwayne Culp was a detective for the sheriff's department, so he has police background. Don Ecker worked in business, so he's got the business background. And then police chief Dave Bacon, the city attorney, uh, the clerk treasurer Lynn Gorski sat in on those meetings because it's going to have a financial impact. And then the HR director, Jen Klingerman. And uh, the, the Klingerman said that, you know, Basically, the committee sat down and they've looked at a number of things, but they were coming forward to discuss raising the hourly pay that they believe will help retain officers that are here now and help entice new officers to the police department. Um, she told them that they have already, in fact, it was in August last year, implemented the lateral transfer policy. So where you are in the department you're at, it's like you laterally slide into our department. You don't go to the bottom of the totem pole and start working your way up again. Um, the committee also discussed uh, take-home vehicle policy. We actually implemented the take-home vehicles in 2021. Uh, we haven't had enough vehicles for everybody to have one until we lost a bunch of officers, and now we do. Well, there you um, go. But they are talking about a change that would begin, begin on March 1st. So the first portion that we talked about was the wage increase. And the proposal was to increase the wage $5,000 for all police positions across the board in the 1977 pension fund. Um, and they've looked at all the numbers, uh, the clerk, Lynn Gorski, and she thinks it's possible. So if it is passed by April 1st, it would come out to be $3,700 this year. They would actually prorate it for the year, which this is an opinion show, and my opinion would be we'd give you the whole 5000 this year. That's what I would do because that's what you know we, we are proposing to do. But maybe there's not enough money to do the whole 5000 yeah. for all of them. We have, at a full staff, we have 25 police officers. So you know 25 times 5,000 ends up being a healthy chunk of change I will tell you though that there is enough money built into this year's budget that they will not have to ask for an additional appropriation oh good and that's a good yeah. thing um, and after a big lengthy discussion that we're going to talk about but it doesn't have anything to do with the $5,000 the $5,000 was actually got a very favorable recommendation from the council so the attorney is going to write the uh, draft of that and present it at the next city council meeting so that they can get that moving forward and get it started by april 1st but during the conversation councilman greg compton asked about including the take-home car policy at the same time as we're doing this pay raise and the city attorney told him that that's actually an internal departmental policy that is issued by the chief. It isn't actually approved by the council. And Mr. Compton said, he, while he didn't object to that, there is a monetary impact by having take-home vehicles. Yeah. And that this it has an impact on the city's budget and that the and the council should have some say on that policy. Right. So right now, the take-home vehicle policy is police officers can drive their vehicles from the department 
home, park it, the next day, get in the car, drive it to work. That's all it is. Yeah. They can't take it to the grocery store. They can't take it to the movie theater. They can't take it to the pet groomer. It, you drive it home, you park it, and you drive it back to work the next day. And then you drive it the whole day. Um, and Compton said that he actually wanted to propose that officers could drive it unlimited, not just in Marshall County, which is what we were starting. The, the starting was we we're going to have unlimited use in Marshall County. He wants to include the surrounding counties, too. So that you would be able to drive to, you know, St. Joe County, Kosciuszko County, Fulton County, Stark County, and basically into Pulaski County, or, well, maybe not Pulaski, but LaPorte County somewhat, too. Right. Um, and so he felt that that may help in recruiting because maybe an officer who lives in Stark County, it would be a step up maybe to come right. to Plymouth, and if he had a take-home car... You know, he wouldn't be putting that mileage on his own personal vehicle coming back and forth to work. Right. So he felt that that might be a good thing. Uh, Councilman Robert Listenberger, who was online for the meeting on Monday night, um, said he was also supportive of allowing officers to drive in the surrounding counties. And um, he was very supportive of the $5,000 wage increase and hoped that between those two things, it would help with the retention of officers and the recruitment, which is just, they're both very important to the right. department. Uh, Councilman Jeff Huyen said that the take-home policy uh, gave the chief, when they initially implemented it, it gave the chief the authorization basically to evaluate it and adjust it at his own discretion. What he said, you know, what he felt they could try. Um, so he did not feel that it was necessary for the council to vote on any changes for the take-home policy and he's an attorney so he should basically know this well yeah now i will tell you because they were thinking about opening up this take-home car policy to allow officers to drive within marshall county not just within basically the plymouth you had to have the vehicle and you had to be like within the plymouth school district so they're opening it up to marshall county but when the chief heard that there were council members willing to open it up to the surrounding counties. He was really, I mean, he was happy. He liked it. Um, but he did have a concern because he's not exactly sure what the impact is going to be to his fuel budget. Right. And so he basically said, look, come at the end of the year, if I need more money in my fuel budget, you know, you guys are going to have to know this is why it's happened. Right. Um, and then at that point, Councilman Hunyan asked him if he's had discussions with the officers on the police force to find out what things would appeal to them, what they want to stay on, or what they think might entice new officers to come here. And so um, Chief Bacon did say that take-home vehicles are important to officers, even to those who live in Plymouth. He said he, he he has an officer who lives just outside of the Plymouth city limits and when he, he found out there was a take-home vehicle, he said that's like a $10,000 bonus to me. Yeah. So, I mean, it does have an impact. Um, and so, they talked about it. 
Um, but there was concern about, you know, the budget and the impact. And uh, so they, they, they didn't make a decision. Um, initially, there was some discussion about trying to maybe do like a three-month three trial on this to open it up in Marshall County, let them drive where they want in Marshall County. I personally cannot really see a police officer getting in his squad car, especially if it's marked, and drive to the mall. I just, I don't see that. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to get in the police car and drive my wife to dinner in, down in Fulton County, you know, to a restaurant down there. I mean, you have a personal vehicle for that, you know. Yeah. I, I really don't, I don't foresee it being a big thing. But somebody who maybe lives in St. Joe County and wants to work in Marshall County. Yeah. That would be a benefit to have a take-home vehicle because it would save wear and tear and mileage on their own personal vehicle. Yes, it would. So we'll see what happens. They did approve the $5,000 pay increase, but they did not approve um, the vehicles yet. They're, they're going to look into it a little farther. Um, it, it was suggested that, you know, we, they kind of look at what they think the impact will be. Uh, Greg Greg Condon said that he doesn't think it'll have much of an impact. I think he's kind of like me. I don't foresee a lot of officers driving their 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 squad cars to. I mean, yes, if they're on their way home, their wife might say, "Hey, can you stop at the store and get this?" So I think yeah. I think we'll see that here. Maybe go into a grocery store or something like that. Um, but I don't think we're going to really see them driving to Warsaw to go have Chinese food for dinner or something like that. Uh, so, but they're going to kind of look at it and then hopefully the chief will come back with a, a recommendation that, and the council, the committee will sit down and, and discuss it some more and we'll see where things go from there. Yeah. So, very interesting though. It was a long conversation too. But uh, I felt, and I know the story was wrong, long that I sent to Rusty. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's like, I, I, there was so much. I mean, I should have just done it on the pay thing, but they started out with pay. And then before they finished pay, then they moved into take-home vehicles. And then their whole dissertation on take-home vehicles before they ended up wrapping up on the pay part of it. So I was like, oh, you guys, driving me nuts. Well. So, anyway. They need to clear their, their agenda with you. I think that, that Yes, they do. They need to clear what they're going to say. Stay on subject once yeah. in a while. You ought to just say that. Say, hey, <laughs> you're, you're straying. You're Come drifting. on, get back to the topic here. <laughs> I've wanted to do that so many times. I'm like, why are we going this direction? This is a rabbit hole that will lead absolutely nowhere. Why are we even going here? <laughs> that would be Cooler heads need to prevail at times in those mm. meetings. There you go. All right. We need to take our first break of the morning. We have, I'm sure, a prize to give away this morning um, as Rusty digs down into the prize folder to pull out some special thing. I do want to announce uh, the Reese gave us tickets to the Barbie show that we gave away yesterday. And after we gave them away, the Reese heard us and said, we canceled the Barbie show. So the tickets that we gave away yesterday were exchanged for a ticket to the Elks for dinner instead. 
Oh, it may have threw in a couple of lottery tickets too for their inconvenience. So the Barbie show. Fish. That's that's not in, you're not inconveniencing somebody <laughs> to make a meat elk's fish. That's not an inconvenience. But the Barbie show uh, is not going to be happening. And okay. so just well. for your heads up, they have canceled that performance. It's funny you mentioned not food. enough interest. Yes, you have food today. I got chop house and I got ah, burger and fries. Very good. Tuesday, Tuesday nights. Yep. And Swan Lake. We're gonna give some burger and fries to caller five five seven four nine three six four zero nine six five seven four nine three six four zero nine six caller five. Getting a burger and fries at the chop house at Swan Lake. Uh, so go. Hey, Plymouth, resolve to make stronger connections with Surf Fiber Internet. Right now, get two free Eero Wi-Fi routers with gig speed. And with all speed plans, you can add on-home phone for just $10 a month. Unlike the other guys, there's no contracts, hidden fees, or annual rate increases ever. Don't miss out. Call 844-955-SURF or visit surfinternet.com to make the switch today. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. Hey, Plymouth, resolve to make stronger connections with Surf Fiber Internet. Right now, get two free Eero Wi-Fi routers with gig speed. And with all speed plans, you can add on-home phone for just $10 a month. Unlike the other guys, there's no contracts, hidden fees, or annual rate increases ever. Don't miss out. Call 844-955-SURF or visit surfinternet.com to make the switch today. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. Are you looking for a new hauler for trash removal? Call Apex Waste. Large or small, we'll take your call. When you choose Apex Waste, there's no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and no taxes. What we say is what you pay. Apex Waste is a local family-owned company that is dedicated to reliable, friendly service. Call Apex Waste at 574-896-APEX. That's 574-896-2739. Or visit us online at apexwaste.net. Once upon a time in a convenience store, a woman asked, which zero-calorie drink will I like more? The cashier said, I have a thought. Coke Zero Sugar always hits the spot. The taste made her heart fill with laughter. And with her Coke Zero Sugar, she lived happily ever after. Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, unbelievably delicious. No trip to the store is complete without the unbelievably delicious zero-calorie taste of Coke Zero Sugar. tuned to FM 106.1 and AM 1050 WTCA in Plymouth, Indiana. And what's your opinion? Phone lines are open at 574-936-4096. So call now and join the fun. Now here's Kathy and Rusty. Bruce! He's going to be eating some uh, Chop House Burger. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, he'll be critiquing the oh, Chop yeah. House Burger. Yeah, he'll be... <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Maybe maybe he's scouting them. Uh, uh, the chef that he is, yes. <laughs> maybe he's scouting them. Oh. Well, let's see what they're doing here. We'll take some. Eh. 
he comes up with some usual things. In fact, he was here last yeah, week and uh, brought some stuff. Brought in, in some yeah, yummies for the Super Bowl yeah, he did. discussion. I and guess it was uh, it was gone before I got any, but that's okay. <laughs> we had the two big boys in here having a little 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 something to eat. So there you go. Very good, Bruce. Congratulations. We have a guest with us in the studio this morning. Allie Shook is here. Allie wears tons of hats. Um, <laughs> she really does. It's a good mean, thing you, you work so hard when you're in high school to build up those neck muscles. Uh, Got a good shoulder base. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, first off, she does have a job. You're still in Argus? No. No. Oh, no, you changed jobs. You yeah. did have a job. Well, you've had several jobs. But she's an unemployed now. No, she, does she has a job. That's why she's here. No, she's got nothing no. else to do. She used to work in Argus where yes. they made those fancy portable toilets. Yes. Very yes. fancy. Um, yes, <laughs> she is on the school board. She's actually president of the school board now for the Plymouth Community School Corporation. She's on the Comple- Complete Streets Committee. Yes, ma'am. What else? Uh, board what? of Health. Bo- bo- board of Health? Mm-hmm. I don't go to that meeting. Yeah. <laughs> I used to. Okay. I couldn't go last time either. So <laughs> neither one of us were. But, um, but well, now she- that there's not a <laughs> pandemic raging, <laughs> well, they, they've dropped back into <laughs> that level of importance where they were before. Right. right. But she is also in charge of uh, the Marshall County Career Center and getting adults and, and young people, you know, help in furthering their education, getting them training that they need so they can, they can improve their lives. And uh, Rusty and I talked about it a little bit before um, that the Career Center actually received a ready grant. Yes. So talk to us a little bit about that the ready grant and a little bit about what the process was sure so um i am employed uh with uh, marshall (laughs) county with marshall county lifelong learning network um i am the executive director of lln um so and that was something i was hired into last april um basically first executive director they've had in in some time um was a working board for for many many years uh previous to that so um since then uh they had previously so ready actually um was announced in 2021 i believe if i'm I remembering correctly so. yes um so that was round one when each uh, region put in some projects that they were interested in completing so our district is uh south bend or sorry st joe county elkhart county and marshall county of course um, it does you don't know that when you hear it, it doesn't say that uh, when we get press releases. Yes. It, yeah. You think it's a press release for St. Joe and Elkhart County. Yes. But Marshall County is involved in that too. Yes. Yes, we are. So, um, yeah. So it, uh, just adding a little confusion, right? Um, yes, you know. it does. Um, but yeah, so we, uh, first round of ready, uh, we were, the career center was included as one of the projects for the area. Um, and the state decided to award certain amounts of money to certain areas certain regions um and our region was awarded the 50 million which was the full amount so it was the full amount yeah we were super excited about that and then the rda the regional development authority um that's a five member uh board um then decided how to divvy up that money basically um so we put in for round two basically uh, of that um of that grant so they liked your plan yes but then they made everybody really hard on and then they came back and said okay we really liked your plan 
we want more. Yeah, now, yeah. Put your plan in place and give us more. Yes, yeah. And give us details. Yeah, and part of that, yes, definitely um, going a little bit farther into details and in, in where that money was going to come from, because like you mentioned earlier, it wasn't all ready money, right? Like that yeah. doesn't cover the project. No. Um, so highlighting who and where we were hoping to get those funds from. Um, and then also, obviously, a little more detail about the project. And then, you know, with, with timing, um, from one year to the next, some projects can either start or stop, or they already got to where they needed to, or mm -hmm. they did already did their capital campaigns, or they were already, you know, they, just depends on what phase they were in, right? Exactly. So some projects fell off because of that. Some got added to the mix because of that. Um, so that's why the kind of the second application period happened. Um, so we were happy to participate in that. And then uh, obviously super happy to be awarded. Um, and that happened uh, end of summer, August-ish, um, when, when that was announced. I believe it was actually, we put it in August, announced in September, I think, at the September RDA meeting. Um, so that, we were awarded the $1.75 million for that. Um, exactly what you had requested. Exactly what we had requested. Which is with, amazing. I mean, because a lot of places got a percentage, but yeah. not the full amount. Yeah, so there was, and that was part of that public meeting that the RDA met and, and talked about it openly in front of everybody of how they were divvying things <laughs> up and what percentages and things like that. And um, I believe we were one of five projects of the, so there was 19 total that were awarded. Um, out of that 19, five were given the full amount. Wow. Um, so we were, we were one of those five. So we were super excited about that. And, you know, of course, um, you know, you can pat yourself on the back for a second and go, hey, good job. Okay, now what? <laughs> uh, now the next <laughs> yeah, phase, right? Um, because that's just one, uh, one part of the, um, the project, obviously, in terms of, of gaining those funds. So uh, we were awarded ready. Um, and because of ready, um, you know, we, and I, I know you've talked about this on air before, and I believe Mitch and I did when we were here last time too, but, um, we had gone to county council to request funds, mm -hmm. um, for the public match, because again, with the ready application, you had to have public and private, or we had to have public match, um, for the ready, uh, ready part of that. So, and actually you had to have that with your application. Yes. That you had to have yeah. that commitment yes. go in. Yeah. That was part of it. They wanted to make sure. That yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, again, not part of the RDA. Don't know, you know, what really went into, you know, and, and that was their kind decisions, of their decisions. And, um, you know, that's for them to make, obviously. But, um, but yes, I think that was a large part of it. Being able to have resolutions or letters from cities or um, county councils or whomever else, wherever else they were getting public funds from, um, having those letters to, to highlight and to say, we are doing this um, mm -hmm. and we will commit to these funds. So uh, we had that from the county and we had that from the city and, and we had that from the school as well, from Plymouth Community School. So um, that was all uh, all detailed inside of our application that we that we turned in. So um, I know that that's part of it too. We could show that we had a lot of public input. Um, I want to ask, mm -hmm. because you said you got the commitment from this school and mm -hmm. so people may think that there is a financial commitment, but it really, it's not about, it's not about dollars there, correct? It, well, it's both about dollars and okay. about space. So um, part of that is being able to do construction in certain parts of the building, right? Mm -hmm. So, and those could have been areas um, in our areas that, you know, they were working in anyway, um, or we're going to be working in, um, or could potentially do work in, right? So um, basically those, the school said, you know, we have some buildings, we have some ground yes, that yes. you can yeah, and Plymouth be part of the match. Yes. Yeah. And in Plymouth schools, uh, Mitch was great about that and in, in meeting us where we needed to, in terms of showing that that could happen, because that makes this, pro this project is, um, 
different um, and a little, um, it doesn't look the same as a lot of normal quote unquote career centers, sure. right? Because, um, you know, a regular career center, if you're thinking about Elkhart's or anywhere else around here, a lot of the larger um, counties have them. Oh, even Knox um, has. They have well. They, they built on yeah, and so yeah. they just built on a wing out of their on their school a CTE wing. So they're kind of doing the same. They kind of did the same thing a little bit in terms of um, that build out of what we're doing now. Um, and so that that looks different, and you had to have more players at the table to do that, right? Because you, you look though at oh a, yeah at property and at buildings. We sure did. I ca I can say it now. Yeah, I know you looked at Christo's Banquet Center. We had uh, yeah. initially because there are, it was between both school the junior high and the high school. Um, you know, there's a parking lot there. There's mm -hmm. a building. I mean, and you looked at that. You also looked at property, I believe, uh, over beside Martin Supermarket mm -hmm. um, and just found that that's right when everything went crazy after COVID and property values just skyrocketed. Yeah. And it and it just it it took it out of the league, unfortunately. Yeah, it sure did. Um, and that I mean, in both of those areas, were a little bit different depending on in what we were looking for and what we were looking at doing. Um, but uh, obviously. You know, Christos would have been fantastic from a culinary space standpoint oh, because it's already yes. all there, <laughs> yeah. um, and we could manage that. But that just, you know, it was a little out of our league too. You know, just in terms of what we were what we were trying to do and what else we would need to, you know, because culinary yeah. wasn't just it, right? <laughs> no. Like we're not just doing culinary. Um, so making sure that we were you know, we were able to to meet our um, our goals across the board and and our price tag that we got we got a couple um, estimates in terms of building out a career center alone mm -hmm. and having it you know off site and its own little thing and they we got in the 30 million dollar range um <laughs> and we were not asking for much um mm -hmm. you know we were being very like i mean this pole barn with some bathrooms i mean i don't you know um let us figure it out you know on the inside but it still was just an insane amount of money so um that made us shift gears um and that, like you said, was coming out of the pandemic, coming out of COVID, and prices were all over the place. Yes. Construction's all over the place. Yep. Concrete's all over the place. <laughs> I mean, it's just a, one of those things where everything snowballed and, and just really got out of reach. So that's where we um, reconfigured, came back to the table and said, okay, what can we, we, we know we need some more. We don't have, one of the things, you know, we've, we've hit on numerous times that we don't have a central space for the county, for upskilling, for training for our kids, for our adults, for everybody in between, right? We don't have that central space right now. We have CTE classes, right? And, right. and, and Jen's fantastic in that role and is, is taking that Certainly. to like the next level. Um, but that is hit or miss in terms of where it is, shared programs, who attends those, um, and where they are from a location standpoint mm -hmm. kind of is, you know. Um, because they are, some of them are across the county, um, and actually in another county yeah so we been. yeah so we with this project um thinking about okay what does that look like and in you know I, I will mention our um you know just in terms of LLN lifelong learning network and where we're coming from you know our, our the president of LLN is Jeremy Riffle who's the Triton superintendent um we have Kelly Harris from from Culver um on our board Greg Hildebrand and, and Lorna Shively from work one and um you know I think I want to, the only reason I want to make note of that is that, that this is a county project, uh -huh. right? And this is county at the table, um, folks from around the area um, bringing their ideas and, and suggestions to the table of, you know, what works? How do, what does this look like, right? What is it, where does it make most sense to host these programs? Um, and after those crazy estimates <laughs> that we were getting, um, again, we knew something needed to happen. It was, okay, what can happen, right? Um, well, we already know 
the majority of our kids from the county are coming to Plymouth High School for our shared program. So Triton kids are coming for welding and coming for digital manufacturing and or coming from precision machining and some of those classes. Um, they're already coming here. Culver's already coming here, you know, and, and we have others that are, are joining us as well. So if we're already doing that, why, why change it? Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Mix that up. Um, and I've always said, too, like if. Plymouth was called Bremen that we would be having the career center in Bremen right it's just because of who's in the center right um it just because because of logistically it makes the most sense for our kids and our schools and busing and all those kind of things like the hub and and then the spokes go out to the other schools and we just happen to we just happen to be in the the middle middle. yes that's I mean it just is is just that from a logistics standpoint so and because of that you know we have the opportunity to you know, we, we can we can renovate and rehabilitate and, and get these classrooms ready and, and for our CTE programs that are, are growing and, and what we already have. But we can also then host classes in the evenings and the weekends, um, summer breaks, winter breaks, spring breaks, whatever, uh-huh. right? Um, when our schools are not in session uh, and not being used, why in the heck aren't we using those spaces, right? Like there, there's no reason why we can't. Sure. Um, and if our, you know, our welding lab is set up teach these kids how to weld and get them the certifications the same thing can happen for our adults right um that it they need the same stuff because our kids are getting dual credit through ivy tech and through other uh, through other uh avenues so they're meeting the requirements that they have to meet so what's in the room is what they need in the room it's sitting there in the room the kids use it in the daytime and then it sits there yeah you know all night maybe over the weekend right or over that break right and and why not have adults who want to learn to weld exactly maybe change careers totally um you know that opportunity right and we i mean you think all summer long right i mean there's just there's just opportunity for us to really um i think take it all to the next level right um cte is is growing and moving and and you know jen's doing a great job and then it's you know how do we come alongside that with workforce development and working with our industry and manufacturers of you know hey we're providing this class or we could provide this class would you be interested in sending somebody to this right um and making sure we're offering things that that folks are interested in right okay so we're offering, um, you know, in a, in a couple weeks, uh, actually, I think it's next week, the um, an ISO training through Purdue MEP. Um, and th- those are the kind of courses that we want to provide from okay, a public standpoint. say what an ISO is, because a lot of listeners will have no clue. Yeah, so that, I mean, I'll, I'll keep it layman's. <laughs> and that I did is, not know either. I mean, yeah. I had to look at it and say, read it to see what it was. So doing internal audits and in, in, in folks that are working inside of manufacturing and in, in industry and in making sure that they're following what they need to follow. And, um, you know, Purdue can come in and do top to bottom of training, right? So they can do we just had a class the other day of building self-confidence and trust, right? So they can do like kind of those leadership, um, you know, growing kind of classes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Leading others, team building, you know, those kind of things, lean manufacturing. So then start and talk about Six Sigma and all those kind of things. Um, Again, then you start getting in the weeds on manufacturing verbiage, right? But um, then doing the ISOs, doing quality training, doing, you know, anything along those lines. Um, And those are things that industry needs. But a lot of our, if our industry is small, right, um, we talk about, you know, we're built on small business, right? And, Certainly. And, and, we, and in reality, our industries basically are yeah, small yeah. business operations. Yeah. So we have, we of course have ours that have hundreds of employees, sure. right? But there's a whole lot that don't. Um, and that doesn't mean it's not for the hundreds of employees too. But so if we have a class like, um, you know, we had electrical, electrical fundamentals and we had um, relay ladder logic and things like that, that <laughs> um, again, get in the weeds on manufacturing and, and what those guys and, and gals need um, to get through the day. But they can send folks to those and they can send one person to it rather 
than having to host it on site. And right? and they typically have to send them away from the yes. job site. Yes. Yeah. Uh, away from our community. Yeah. Uh, to do that. So I mean, you're talking about transportation expenses, mm-hmm. overnight stays, meals out. Yeah. To get that training. Yeah. Exactly. So you have, um, depending on again what class it is, like the building self confidence trust. That's part of a leadership series that we've been um, providing since November. So that's one class a month, November, December, January, up until April. Um, and we provided those a la carte, so people can do one or all or half or whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, you don't need one to do the other. Okay. Um, so we've been for providing those. Those are ninety nine dollars a person. It's a four hour class. No big deal. They go over to the Fuller Cup. So it's our way to send them to ah, Bourbon. Nice. Um, you know, get them over there. Get them in that community. Yes. Um, providing something for folks that are working in that community right so they have sure. a short drive then um and then the positive with that even is that we're bringing some Kosciuszko county folks into that mix um and into that class and we're building and bringing some st joe and elkhart down into that as well um same thing has been happening for our classes in plymouth um but yeah so it's nice to see you know going east we're starting to pull mm-hmm. a little from the east um and and our hope of course is to highlight marshall county um and you know and, and of course from an industry and manufacturing standpoint, maybe those people start coming this way and, you know, they get interested in what we're doing, but also just from a downtown development standpoint, right? They go to Fuller yes. Cup. They might not have ever gone to Fuller Cup before. Exactly. Um, might not be on Main Street in Bourbon, but now they are. Now they see that. And hopefully, you know, Bourbon gives Bourbon the opportunity to kind of shine and show what they have, right? So our hope is that we'll be able to take, you know, we're, we're talking Career Center and being central and in, in that hub, right? But at the same time, we want to every once in a while offer a class here or there. Some in Bremen, some in Culver, sure. some, you know, around the county. Um, so they are getting that uh, that hometown class, right, uh, where they don't have to drive, but the well, public it, person does. <laughs> it would also allow a, a, an industry in Bourbon, possibly, you're talking about a four-hour course, we'll say on this, to, to send two or three people from the company because I don't have to worry about getting rooms and hotel and travel and all that. And it's it's right here in town. Yeah. So, let, you know, take advantage of it now while it's here. And it's reasonably priced. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And even the even the classes like the, the industrial maintenance classes, like the electrical fundamentals and in those, those are higher costs. But they are also like a three-day class. And so there it's, are like a kind of like a certification yes, that comes yeah, with it you've yeah. completed this you get a you get a piece of paper that says you attended this and you you've you know passed or you understand this training yeah so they're from 8 a.m to 4 p.m normally um two to three days maybe a half day on the third day um and those you know start ranging in the 1500 dollars range or so um but that's that's a pretty darn good price for for what it is elsewhere mm-hmm. um and like you've mentioned it's they're not then paying the travel and everything else too and their people are right here so you know they they're not they're not sending them off and having to pay hotels and, and food and all that kind of stuff. So the hope with that is that those kind of classes are the ones too that we can host on site and we can start having those. So we've talked about our service center, depending on when you're, if you are familiar with Plymouth <laughs> land, um, you knew it as a bus garage, you knew it as an admin building, you knew it as a service center, you knew it as the adult ed building, you've known it as, it's, it's been a building of many names. Yes, it has. Um, right now <laughs> it hosts our precision machining class. And also our, our transportation folks um, and our IT, RT, our IT guys are in the in the back there, too. Um, so it's a it's a building of, you know, multiple uh, uses. Yes, yes, for sure. So um, that building uh, being our, our service center is really going to be our landing space. That's our that's our front door to our career center. Right. Okay. So that building 
essentially is available 24 7 365 um now there's classes happening in there in the day right so we can't you know a random monday we can't have a class in there because our kids are in there um but every break every night every weekend you know and then because that building is separated right we can work with others in the community to have classes there um that maybe the high school isn't appropriate right or to go inside of the high school um from a safety standpoint security Mm -hmm. standpoint whatever so Having that building is going to be super beneficial for us um, and everybody having a part in that and that that's kind of that landing space. Right. Um, and open to open to the public. So um, that will be our front door. Um, and then we'll have uh, digital manufacturing and precision machining in that room uh, or in that building. Um, and that's part of the construction p- part of that phase um, is helping make that work in terms of maybe moving a wall or two you know putting in a door or two right um to make sure that our classrooms and the the lab space um works for everybody so that is moving transportation and it out of that building nope they'll stay there yep we can we can we can make do um so yes um of course at some point i you know i mean we hope to continue to grow we hope to continue to need more space and and to have to build more right because that just means things are are working and growing and, and good. Yes. Um, so, you know, at some point, potentially, transportation could look different. Um, well, IT it, could it look different. Ha- I mean, obviously it has without right. having buses anymore. Right. Weirs right. takes care of all the buses. So, right. yeah, because that used to be the bus garage and exactly. we had surface bays in yes. there and all yeah. of that. So, um, yeah, yeah so it, it does. But I also feel like there's some space there for a build if you had to add on or whatever there is some space there i know it kind of gets over close to the uh, the jv baseball field but Mm -hmm. but we still have some some room there yeah uh, yeah and there's room to the north of that building too like where the grassy lot is on the north side of that building so there i mean there's potential right that's that's not part of this project no (laughs) that's it's existing we are doing yeah what's existing yes we we are not building new buildings (laughs) um we are not doing any of that 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 was part of the the concession in terms of changing direction and, and figuring out where we were going um, to make this a doable project in terms of cost and, and being able to um, feel like we could get to the finish line. So we have, with the service center, precision machining and digital manufacturing, we have great equipment in there already that um, Atamco helped with a few years ago and, and really kind of building out that, that precision machining space. Um, and, and we'll continue to, to add on to that and, and make sure that we have everything that we need. Last year, we started digital manufacturing at the high school. And I know we mentioned this, um, this was for uh, internal program for Plymouth High School, but we had over 10% of our student population <laughs> sign up for digital manufacturing, which is just awesome, right? Oh, yeah. um, and also like, okay, how do you what do we do? Uh, how are we going to get <laughs> uh, Just from a number standpoint, yeah. right? Um, Lottery. But, <laughs> yes, but knowing that we have a lot of kids interested in that is is um, really encouraging, obviously. Um, Can you and, explain it? Not really. Um, so <laughs> I'm like, hmm, so, well, I know what the precision machining is because yes. my son actually yeah. was the first class uh, okay. in that in the building okay. there. So yeah. And he so, went out of there and went to... Well, it's Culver Tools, okay. CTE yep. Solutions now, yep. um, and he's been there over seven years. Yeah, and that's you know we're we are, that's our hope, right, from a pipeline standpoint. Yep. So, to first off, I would, I mean, teasing a little bit with digital, with digital manufacturing. You're yeah. talking cybersecurity, the industrial Ooh. Internet of Things, the cobots and robots, and oh. uh, 3D printers, and, and that kind of okay. stuff. So, um, I can't get too far into it and know what the heck I'm talking about but I do know that that's the part of the class <laughs> that's the class um I am not going to be uh I am not a uh, uh 
a professional in in, in that. You're not going to be all. teaching these. <laughs> I will not teach digital oh, manufacturing. Okay. Um, Just subbing then, probably. Yeah. I'll of course help if needed, but. <laughs> Uh, they do not want me to teach that course. Um, I would have a really hard time getting certified to, to do that. But um, but yeah, so digital, manufac- digital manufacturing is kind of a little bit of everything, but in that world as well. So advanced manufacturing. So that's a lot of the state's push right now is advanced manufacturing 4.0 and really taking everything to the next level in terms of automation and, mm-hmm. and those kind of things. So again, sometimes automation is seen as a, a dirty word and, you know, people don't want, yes. you know, because they think of, oh God, it's going to take everybody's jobs. Um, you know, I, I think from an automation standpoint, what we're thinking is um, in, in where the state is going, first of all, is everybody is understaffed right now, right? So yes. you can go to any place, any manufacturer, any industry, um, and they're going to tell you they need more people. So if we can get cobots, robots, and in, in whatever else to take the place of the first part of the phase right or the first part of the line or the first part of the whatever um and that can do that part then that frees up people to do the rest of it right so um it's to come alongside they kind of like a lot of times they have that ability to kind of do some of those jobs that people don't like to do that is boring and tedious it's the same thing over and over and over you put a robot on that and then that the employee takes in another piece of it so we're it it's really not getting rid of employees and actually there's has to be somebody who knows how to operate and maintain those exactly and those are high paying jobs right and that's the that's the benefit of it yes. right so taking the person and putting them behind the machine mm-hmm. is the positive and that now that person is making more money um, is not maybe in a position where they are in a dangerous position or are breathing in things that you don't really right. want to or just you know whatever that happens to be but you put them behind the machine and now they can operate that they're very useful for the company yes. um, because if that op- if that thing goes down we're we're in a pickle um, so having the ability to do that and that's part of where that upskilling comes from right and where the digital manufacturing and the precision precision machining and in those courses train our folks uh kids and then you know hopefully adults um to to be able to be behind the screen right or behind the robot um and then to operate that and and make a decent amount of money um which you know obviously helps everybody um so yeah so the the precision machining again like we we mentioned there um you know the the whole idea with all of this work right and, and we've talked very industrially uh so far but um the idea with any of the cte classes and any of what we're in the career center is the fact that it's an opportunity for the community um but then also our cte kids to earn a certification or spend some time in the classroom to learn and, and grow and, and see how things work to then that gives them a leg up when they're going out into the into the workforce right so we know not every kid wants to go to IU, Purdue, Ball State, whatever, right. um, or that four-year school, um, and that's totally fine. Um, we know some kids are interested in doing the, the technical path, right, and maybe going to a diesel mechanic kind of um, to your school. Um, we have the technical schools with Ivy Tech and things like that where they could go there. Um, or they may just want to jump right in, right, um, with one of our local industries. And that's totally fine, too, right? But in those local industries, they're taking them in, and they'll upskill them and tra- train them in the way that they want, right, um, and what they want them to know how to do. Um, but by being able to put hands-on, right, and work with that material, whether that's in culinary and they're cooking and seeing how the mm-hmm. kitchen works and operates, um, whether that's welding, whether that's health careers, um, whether that's criminal justice, they're they're getting that flavor um being able to see feel touch and then when they leave high school obviously they're they're ahead of the game in terms of knowing um what's out there 
and then also where they feel most comfortable, right? I think we can talk about any 16, 17, 18 year old. There's not too many that really are, I'm doing this, right? Um, they, exactly. They, they think they know, um, and, and that's great, but they're not 100% sure, and again, totally fine. Um, but by being able to be, be a part of this, that gives them the opportunity to see it and go, you know what? This is not for me. I thought uh, I wanted to do that, but <laughs> yeah. Uh. Or they do it and they go, "Oh my gosh, this is awesome!" Like you I know, doing the pre- yeah, yeah, doing the precision machining, and then they find that niche inside of precision machining, right? Because it's, I mean, it can look different. It can look, you know, you have your universal bearings mm-hmm. and Bremen, or you have your mm-hmm. Tamcos and, and others. That may look different. That day looks different depending on which place you're working in and what they're doing. Um, and that kid can find what that feels like um, and know. I'm going to be successful here, right? I know that I like that. I know the way that that works, um, and I and I like that. I want to go to that company and grow, um, and that's huge for us, right? From a community a buy-in and, and from a community keeping our population here, um, keeping our kids here yep. um, and integrated. But then, you know, on the flip side of that, again, I'll mention from a career center standpoint is offering that same certification or those same courses in that same room for adults in the evenings and weekends and everybody else. So from an adult ed standpoint, from a workforce development standpoint, from community corrections standpoint, right? And we've, we've had those initial conversations right. with Ward about, you know, hey, this, we want you to use this. But I mean, this is sitting here, use it. Like, let's get these guys um, and girls up, you know, upskilled and, and ready to enter the workforce. So and, they can actually, you know, change their life, yeah. the path that they've chosen. Um, and it's hard for some of them, but if they get, right involved in this Mm -hmm. and they have supportive community corrections on the backside of it to an employer that is a plus yes like okay this person is is going to have an ankle bracelet i know they're coming to work i know Mm -hmm. they're going to be drug tested da 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 da. and now they're getting training in something that's going to help yeah this is a a huge plus for me yeah and that's one of that's one of those opportunities that we have come like a fall break right where we can say okay hey tuesday wednesday thursday a fall break we're going to offer X certification, right? I don't know what that is, but whatever that happens to be and whatever, whatever happens to be useful for our industry, um, then we can we can talk to, you know, to folks and say, what do you want to see these guys getting, you know, or what, what do you want? What kind of certifications are you really lacking right now? And it may be as simple as like an OSHA 10 class, right? Or Certainly. Um, things like that, mm-hmm. that um, we can we can make a big splash with that in terms of um, that's not just industry right there's a whole lot of folks that need OSHA 10 um in some of those other leadership courses and things like that but we can still host that during that time so we know hey everybody can come here we have this great space for everybody um and not to mention that we're not part of the career center build you know we're talking about the service center and then that l that that faces that same parking lot so um so back in the day, that mm-hmm. would have been, and and actually last time, it's been a few years since I've been in high school, but it's kind of like where the shop was yes. and where, back when I was in school, we still had auto mechanics in there. Yes. So and I at, believe uh, that the space. The 4-H area yes. and yes. all so of that. So in that space, we have, that's where the welding lab is now. Um, and one of our new courses that we're going to have for next year is Vet Science, which has a ton of kids signed <laughs> up for that. Um, and we're really excited about that course. Um Jen's done a great job getting that off the ground and then uh, in not this coming year but we're hoping in the future to have ag tech and ag power as well so another kind of course to work with that vet science and the welding and, and kind of have their wing right um, mm-hmm. in terms of, of that kind of field um, which is all encompassing right in that in that area um, and then on the end of that building there um, incorporating a greenhouse so with oh, that greenhouse having um, you know ag kids obviously having a part mm-hmm. of that 
uh, FFA kids having a part of that, yeah. vet science having a part, or well, not vet science, but um, the uh, the ag tech and ag power kids. And um, actually, almost your culinary piece of exactly. it can fall into there, too. Exactly. So then pulling our culinary kids over, and then our early childhood kids, too, because yes. at the same time, hey, let's talk about what we're using, what we're eating. Um, and then we're, we've worked with and, and had conversations with um, Amy Collins, who's the, the food service director at Plymouth, about, hey, let's, you know, let's talk about what this might look like and how we can we can tie all these things together with the culinary how room we can have kitchen. that on the salad bar yeah. in, in cafeteria for lunch tomorrow. yeah 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 and we'll be having to produce quite a bit to do that but um at the same time just an opportunity for kids to see that in, in real life right mm. i mean gardening of course took off during covid <laughs> yes but um but there are still some that you know just don't don't know don't see that mm-hmm. and, and it gives them the opportunity to, to see that and be a part of it um and not to mention that we can't bring our elementary kids there and our junior high kids to see that too um and have a part in that so that's that kind of wing area of the of the school and then the other side um our culinary and early childhood being together um and obviously working together and um you know at some point potentially having um little ones there uh and having the culinary room then providing mm-hmm. the food and, and working back and forth with them so um and then you know we we've had conversations too about um uh which i think mitch has mentioned too with uh daycare and in the preschools yes. and things like that so um staff. on that corner of the building having um an accessible playground uh, reason for well should be accessible anyway but being accessible there because our life skills class for the high school is in that same corner right there um and if we can give them a space to go out and swing and and be on this give some sensory input um and be a part of that playground we want that to happen too so kind of thinking all-encompassing right making sure that we can get making sure that we can get everybody involved um and with the culinary room that that's exciting right now we're having some conversations initial conversations with some folks about what that can look like and and what equipment we need in that room um making sure that that's culturally appropriate and some things that um you know in our school uh in our community uh making sure that kids feel at home right Mm -hmm. um in that kitchen and are seeing things and are able to to make things that that they make at home you know um and if the right equipment is not in that room then they can't so making sure that we're thinking about that as we're working working through that project and we've been working with purdue extension on that um and uh our community wellness coordinator and have a meeting with somebody over in allen county uh a zoom this afternoon um to talk about some of the the projects they've done over there and kind of getting those ideas of sure what's this look like what shouldn't it you don't look have like to create no a, no a new wheel that it's no. already out there now no, not at all i, I want because because i'm in my 60s mm-hmm. um you know when i was in junior high we had home ec mm-hmm. and there was a kitchen there mm-hmm. and everybody had a stove <laughs> and their refrigerator you know yeah. and i mean we did we cooked tuna casserole and they put peas in it rusty <laughs> So I did. I did eat it. That's how you make tuna casserole. There are peas in it. No, but that is not. When we talk about culinary, that's not for somebody who's sixty or older. That's not we're talking about a culinary. We're actually talking about that you would go and work at Swan Lake in the kitchen or the brass rail or or something like that. That you are actually beginning a career possibly of becoming a, a chef or a baker or something like that yes yeah of course um if kids are interested in it and they want to do it but 
you know want to go a different pathway right. of course well, um, it they gives could, them the start, but it gives like, them the start yeah. yes and and they will um yeah they're they're working in a commercial kitchen so of course right. that feels different than what it does at home mm-hmm. um in the facts classes of the past um you know we did have See, now a facts, regular I, we did not have facts right we had home ec. well i think i had home ec in junior high and by the time i got to high school it was facts so um <laughs> but i think uh you know we had our our four top stove and, yes. and you know um and that was maybe that was, a microwave yes then. yeah and that was uh <laughs> totally normal and just looked like your home kitchen um you know in, in this culinary room looks different than that um it's it is all stainless it is a, yes it is a commercial yes. kitchen um it, it will look a lot like, more like if you went into the kitchen at Swan Lake it's yes. going to look like that uh, more than it does your your home kitchen so yes it would be about um getting those kids ready for that next step and yeah potentially being chefs in, in wow. local restaurants um and even in the in the region um you know and getting ready for that hospitality kind of career mm-hmm. right so doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a chef but could be in that in that field and in, in some way or another um and with that kitchen just like we were talking about with the other spaces with the precision machining and the the digital manufacturing is at night why can't we have cooking classes right so bringing in the people and and showing them that you should or should not have peas in your tuna noodle casserole um could be part of the (laughs) yes you have peas you have peas in a tuna casserole it's how it's made you know what my mom never did that and then all of a sudden she started putting peas in i'm like what the heck is going on here (laughs) Um, it's like your world changes, doesn't it? It's like everything you believed has now been dashed to the ground. Oh, the woods yeah. moved out, so mom yeah. could put the piece. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. that's probably what it was. Um, so, uh, but for the culinary kitchen, having the ability to have cooking classes in there in the evening, and, and we've talked about you know reaching out to. Um, well, then Purdue Extension could even exactly. use that to help for or the neighborhood center for low income families to exactly. teach them how to cook. Healthy right. meals at a reasonable cost, type thing. Yeah, and, and there's the the positive there too. Again, and in, in part of why we're we're talking Allen County, part of why we have you know Purdue, Purdue Extension at the table and others is show us what's happening elsewhere. Right, we we don't need to recreate or create our own right with from nothing. Right? right, there's there's no reason to do that when we know that others are already out there and exist. So, looking at what those look like in picking what makes the most sense for Marshall County um, and then bringing that here and going, okay, what, what could we offer? Right. Um, what, what kind of cooking classes can we, can we work with Chris uh, for the neighborhood center, having them, you know, d- doing the, I know she did a, uh, at one point, like a whole crock pot thing. Right. Yep. And okay. What can you make in a crock pot? So let's have those folks in, let's talk about that. What seasonings can we use? What season, you know, um, I was talking to somebody the other day that was talking about the, that and seasonings and like, Hey, you can get really good seasonings at the Dollar Tree. They're only a dollar you can use, you know, and, and they're really, they're they're no different than the ones you're getting at Kroger uh, or anywhere else, and um, it's it's not it's not a lot out of your pocket exactly. to, to flavor up your food a little mm-hmm. bit. And so looking at opportunities like that, also hosting like a serve safe course and, and things, which I know, are very important. Yeah, yeah, Lorna was doing that through Work One, and I know they were providing some courses. But if we're going to have that in house, right in a kitchen, we would rather do that than having at you know any a library yes. or another oh, room yeah. um, where people are in that um, in that environment and are seeing that, and then. At the same time, also thinking about providing those courses in Spanish, right? Because we have sure. a population here that needs that. Yes. Um, and and we should be providing that as a community because it's here and, yeah. and we know. So um, so providing some of those surf safe classes and some of those um, that can help upskill folks that are right here and ready to work um, and, and getting them what they need and certification wise to, to go and get a, a job at again swan lake or breast rail or anywhere else um you know and, and being ready to being ready to do that so those are the kind of the ideas of what we're thinking day to day of course cte wow. classes and really building that out for our kids but then also you know thinking about 
then what then what in terms of adult ed then what in mm-hmm. terms of workforce development what what can we offer of course our business our industry even our even our restaurants and others are going to provide some trainings in-house right because Certainly. they can because they need to because of whatever yeah. it is if they need 30 people trained in osha then they're just going to host osha at their place like that that just makes sense um but if they only have one or two and, and they only you know this guy only has one or two and we're talking to a small company that only needs one person trained in that they're never going to be able to pay, or not, I shouldn't say they never be able to, to but they're, they, gonna pay they're not going to want to pay $15,000 yes. to have somebody come in and train that one person yeah. <laughs> when we can have a class you know, in a central location that they could send somebody to to spend $1,500, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it makes a whole lot more sense to them from a business Definitely. standpoint. Um, and we get to provide for folks the way that we want to from a community standpoint, and, and we have the space and it's it's going to be ready for that, um, and and it's here and it's it's local and you know it, why why aren't we using it right why why aren't we using yeah. it to its full fullest potential um, so it's time to time to start doing that so so looking then um, first off I guess at a timeline um, is there a deadline on these ready funds when they actually have to be either appropriated or spent yeah or do you have okay yeah, so you and, do have a timeline you're yeah there's timelines with the ARP money um I, we won't have any issue with that um it's it's a couple years and, okay. and we, we will be will be good by then um but our hope is um from a construction standpoint to really be able to get going um I mean sooner rather than later right um so if we could start in a you know over the summer or, or fall um we'd love to do that part of again with working inside of a this isn't working inside of a, a new brand new building, right? So we don't have the ability to be in there from 7 a.m. to uh, 7 yeah. p.m. Um, we're talking about a school where kids are every day. Um, so that that adds the complexity of the, the construction, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of, you know, if we want to get certain things started in the precision machining space, how, how do we do that when we've got kids in there every day? Um, depending on what that construction is, it just may not be doable. So we may have to look in a different direction and in different parts of the building and really kind of navigate that from a from a time and, and or date. Or you and find a contractor who comes in at, you know, 5 p.m. and works to 3 a.m. in the morning yeah. or something. Well, that would be great, yeah. Um, they might cost a little bit more. But, um, but yeah, they, I mean, it, looking at, of course, yeah. All of the above, right? In yeah. terms of what can we do to make this work, and in which which sections of the building can be worked in without causing too much disruption? Yeah, um, because I remember I, I was in the high school at the time when they built the new addition that had the new pool and yeah. and the the new gymnasium, the varsity gym that we have, uh-huh. uh, and the band room. And you know, I mean, we had class, and yeah. that all, I can remember in summer school. We we had I, had, I went to summer school too, and the food truck chuck wagon would come to feed those guys on break and when we get our break from we'd all go out there and get food off of that thing too so you know for everybody it does work but this is this is smaller and it's definitely part of that is like right inside the building exactly and then you run into i mean you have to be careful because the school is is very locked down basically anymore so Mm -hmm. you know when you have workers I mean, you have to have this open space, and they got to be able to just come in and out. They can't be swiping a card continuously, getting in and out of there. And yeah, it, you vet who they are. Uh, you know, uh, this this contractor may have somebody who was a child molester. We don't know, and you know, you can't have that in the school corporation. And so, it it does make it more complicated. But yeah, and that, I mean, so as as we move through from a construction standpoint, obviously making note of. Um, you know when and how and and where and yeah. you know the, all those things are a part of it that's but summer would be 
much better. Of yes, course, obviously. of course. So, um, so yeah. So that's those are things that are all kind of up in the air at the moment. Um, there's not really a way to really nail that down at this point, just because of the complexity um, in in what we're doing and, and where we're trying to go. So um, I can I, I will update you on that as as we get closer <laughs> and as things are moving along. But um, but yeah. So that those are some of the things that we're working through now of just um, design and what that looks like and which you know if we're doing phases what's phase one what's phase two what's potentially phase three could we break it up so then we know you know this chunk is happening at this right. time and um that makes it a little easier to um to you know to deal with in terms of the um the logistics and just people in and out and, and those kind of things so um again looking at that now uh, and working through that happen over at lincoln there's, there won't be, we will actually have, so the, the um, Lincoln will have three of the health ed class, well, I have two health ed classes and then the health lab, um, so the lab that they'll okay. use um, for the CCMA class and our criminal justice class will move over there okay. as well. So okay. we'll have three, potential, we will have three classes um, over there at Lincoln. Um, so again, positive from a, um, you know, a, a location standpoint, we have that available so we can use that from a classroom standpoint instead of, um, you know, having to build extra or right. shove people into yes. spaces where they are, it's not big enough and, and it doesn't work. So, um, so yeah, so our health careers and, and that's another, we are, I mean, our numbers are through the roof for next year, um, which is so exciting to see. Um, you know, of course, it's February, things can happen between now and start of school. Uh, those numbers will move around a little bit, but um, really, I mean, kids are all in right now and, and we're really excited about that so our building trades numbers are through the roof our, our health careers numbers are through the roof um criminal justice is is getting there um and a lot of our other classes are, are oh really there's a new well. fire class that's going to start yeah. next year too and it's going to yeah. actually be taking place at the fire department yeah yeah uh, so again so that's kind of neat yeah another one of those where we get to use existing space right mm-hmm. um so you know the utilizing what we have um to to make this work but so the health um the health careers class next year will be offering um ccma which is a certified medical assistant class um as the second as the year two option so in the past we've only ever had cna um and and kids are are picky about that and and so Mm -hmm. we wanted to provide um another option for them and providing the ccma just took our numbers uh through the roof so um so we're really excited about that and and that will give kids the um the certification you know medical assistant um and we're working with the national organization in terms of providing that certification for the kids at the end of the year that they'll be able to take a test and pass that and get that certification um so just step right into the workforce basically exactly and i mean in in talking about healthcare, the opportunities that these kids have coming out of there um at at beacon or at saint joe right now both have scholarly programs where kids can go into working at those places right now um and then both are have their own version of that but um but start there basically you know decide if they want to be an rn do they want you know which what level do they want to go to um and then they'll pay for their schooling i mean they have no debt whatsoever um paying for their schooling paying for the certifications and everything that they need as long as they're willing to say that they'll work there for x amount of years three to five years or so i think Mm -hmm. um for each place but um but if kids will buy into that i mean my goodness gracious I mean, there. I know some adults that. Would, yes, yeah. So I mean, you would have probably buy into that. Yeah. Gosh, so you have. Yes. I mean, coming out of there, from an RN stand. I mean, potential to make 
a lot of money and be debt free at age yeah. 22, <laughs> 21. Um, I mean, the opportunity is just insane because they're able to get that certification in high school, right? So they're already, they've already started, yes. right? They've already started on that pathway, um, which is really exciting. And I know our, our healthcare providers are really excited about that and, and, and what opportunity is there. Um, and then those kids, along with all of our other students, so with the way um, CT is, is moving into the future, um, for that year two opportunity is more of a work experience kind of opportunity. So we could have essentially, um, you know, thinking of like, um, our building trades class. We could have a kid that is there, a year two kid, um, and of course this is hypothetical, but have the five days that they're there, two of the days of the week they're at Michiana Contracting working with Michiana Contracting for that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're in the field, they're seeing construction, you know, uh, not that it's not real life what they're doing, they're building a house, but you know, real life construction see, in terms yes. of a builder, a bigger company and being able to see the different departments inside of there. Um, maybe it's majority builders, maybe it's, you know, whoever, oh, but but that kid can do that. Same with the healthcare. We can have a kid that is hooked to a um, provider or maybe even just doing rotations at the hospital in terms of, you know, this week you're going to be in, in the ER next, you know, that, you know, we'll, we'll rotate them through. So there's endless opportunity there, but it's, you know, it's going back to that idea of those kids get to see, feel and touch that. And, you know, they, they can be in the health careers class, just like any of the other programs, right? You sit there and you go, there are literally 50,000 jobs <laughs> inside of healthcare, you're right? right. Yeah. Um, yes, I get the CCMA certificate, but what does that mean I can do after that? Well, anything right um so it gives them the opportunity to kind of start to special even thinking from a specialization standpoint of you know what i really like peds or i thought i was going to go into peds but that isn't that for me i'm you know i'm thinking a little more or or whatever it happens to be so it gives them the opportunity to see that and and talk to people that are in the field Mm -hmm. and doing that day to day um rather than talking to to me or whomever else and saying you know hey there's these options out there but you know the people that are in the in the mix can can give them more of a, a breakdown of that a guidance counselor in the high school is great yes but they have not been in the hospital operating room they have not been you know in the hoosier tire factory making tires exactly uh, you know they can tell you the, there are these possibilities out there but sure. to be able to actually see feel and touch that yes. is is so much better off. Yeah, it, it just provides our kids an opportunity to, you know, it, and I've said this before of, you know, growing up in Marshall County, you know, born and bred here, and, and I didn't have any idea the opportunities that were here for me after high school. Um, I I would, could teach, I thought, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was an option. Yes. Um, I could be a lawyer. My grandpa was a lawyer, so I knew, well, I could do that, <laughs> right? Or that, that's a pathway. I don't know if I could do it, but I, that was a pathway. Um, it, but that was really kind of what you knew, right? It was it was what whoever your, whatever your family was doing. My grandma was a nurse at the hospital. Like, okay, okay. Well, I could go, you know. Those things feel familiar because you know somebody at home or you're with somebody at, you know, family functions that does that. So it just seems like, okay, I could probably go down that pathway too. But you, we were missing all of the rest of it, right? oh, yes. which we just don't know. I mean, there's so many things I'm like, gosh, that would have been cool to do like that. That could have been cool to do. <laughs> I had no idea that they existed. Um, and that's, you know, uh, on everyone, right, across the board of, of, of the, the failure there. But um, I think that's where we need to do a better job with our kids of giving them the opportunity to, you know, they're, they're specializing a little bit in terms of, you know, picking that pathway, right? So if you're in culinary, you're not doing healthcare things, right? You're, you're just yes. doing culinary things. Yes. Um, if you're in healthcare, you're just doing healthcare. You're not doing welding things or, or vice versa. Um, but it gives them, you know, those kids have an interest in that field, and we should give them the opportunity to really decide if is that the field that you like, or is that just a ho- that can be a hobby, right? Like you can go through welding and then go, 
Yeah, you know, I don't know that I want to do that for a living, but I'm glad I know how to do it. Now I can fix sure. my own stuff on my at my house or my farm or my barn or, you know, whatever. How many um, kids do we know go to college mm-hmm. and spend, well, even in college, they go in thinking this is what I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. And the next year it's like, okay, I'm changing. The next year that's not, I'm mm-hmm. still changing. And when they get out of school, they have a degree and they don't, they're not even using the degree that they had for where they end up exactly and so this this yeah. is giving you know it's weeding out some of that and giving them that mm-hmm. that opportunity early on yeah to get to get a real feel for what it is to maybe make that decision of yeah. what you want to do yeah and that's i mean talking about our healthcare kids there's kids in that could be kids in that year two class that want to be doctors right they sure. they know where they yes. they know they're going to go to med school they have like that that is their track they know that um and but this they gives might them, want to be a pharmacist right but this you know. gives them that opportunity yeah. to see those things for a couple years and get that initial taste of healthcare, um doing the anatomy and physiology and the med term and you know those kind of things that just gives them that the the ability to to hear that and and start to use Become that verbiage comfortable right? with it exactly yes. before they're entering college with everybody else it's the same you know our aviation program is great and um our nephew is going uh uh to school for for that um and um super excited for him and that's something that how would he have ever gone to school for aviation had he not been able to be a part of our aviation class yeah. likely not right like i mean mm-hmm. there's kids that are interested in becoming a pilot obviously right and there's people that go down that pathway but what an opportunity to be able to go out and be a part of that um and know this is it. Like I'm, I really want to do this. And even, you know, um, knowing that maybe they don't want to fly a plane, they want to work on a plane, but they know, and they, now they, they, now they feel comfortable in that environment. They know what that feels like. Um, they know what they're looking for. So, you know, the programs across the board and you mentioned fire and rescue, we're really, really excited about that. And, and Steve's been great working with him, um, to try to get that set up and, you know, what's that going to look like? And, um, the positive there is being able to have it in house. Um, and I think that's super important for those kids because, now they're they're in the firehouse, right? So, tone drops. They yep. hear that. They see trucks go. They see who's running around. They see and, the confusion that's yeah. happening inside. Like, get out of my yeah, way! I'm yeah, trying yeah. to get my boots on. Right, yeah. right. So they're they're seeing that and are able to experience that, which you just don't. I mean, yeah. you can. We can all think we know what that feels like, right? By you know, you can watch your whatever rescue nine one ones, right? <laughs> yeah. But um, but you can. There's there's that version right that we that we see on, on the TV version. right <laughs> we see on the TV and that's maybe not real life sometimes yeah. um, and that's in in all the fields right but um, being able for those kids uh, to have the ability to be in that class because they have the conference room space that they do the classroom uh-huh. space that they do um, that they can host kids in there and, and and give those kids an opportunity what I was just looking at I was talking to Jen um, the other day about this and um, our numbers aren't through the roof for fire and rescue right now but it is year one and we would expect that mm-hmm. and kind of grow it you know as as kids are a part of that but right now we have more girls than boys in that class oh my goodness. um so i'm wow. really excited about that and the opportunity there because we're really you know we want to focus um on getting that non-traditional student mm-hmm. number up right so getting girls in welding getting boys in healthcare, getting you know and, and then girls in health fire and rescue and things like that making sure that we have representation across the board you know, and, and all those different thing. programs i haven't thought about really um, but realistically, we live in our community, especially here in Plymouth, we have a higher Hispanic population. Mm-hmm. And I really don't know how many people in the fire department can even speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. So being able to get um, some kids who can speak both English and Spanish, if you're going to a house fire and the people in that house fire only speak Spanish, 
there is a big problem of yeah. trying to figure out is there a child in there or is that pet in there you know right and so to encourage the that population to get involved i mean you know we all know i mean if you can speak two languages on a lot of these jobs that's it, an extra check mark on your application oh, box yeah. right off the right. bat so i mean i would i would really enjoy to see some spanish-speaking people get involved yeah. in some in in emergency services like that yeah um i've been kicking myself ever since high school and not doing a better job <laughs> in spanish class um you know but i um you know i i think Yes, you're you're right. Yeah. Um, you know, there were I, I think from a, a school population standpoint, just from a city of Plymouth standpoint, at twenty eight or twenty nine percent. Um when I was looking on the cent for census stuff, I was looking for a grant the other day, so that's why that number's <laughs> in my head. But um but there I mean if we aren't providing that, if we're if we're not working in that direction then then something's wrong, right? Like that that's mm -hmm. one of those things where three out of 10 people, right, um, are speaking Spanish uh, at home every night, uh, our kids, right. are, or three yeah. out of our 10 kids um, are in, you know, our kindergarten class, if not more, um, you know, so I, there's there's opportunity there, and, and just as a community, I, being inclusive, I, I mean, yes, like, wh why, why aren't we, right, yeah, um, and why aren't we focusing on that, so definitely a part of what we're doing um definitely a part of the non-traditional kind of numbers and whatnot but those those things are existing in you know from a, a healthcare standpoint too right yes my goodness gracious oh, yes. does the hospital need folks that <laughs> yeah, can speak spanish right. in any other language honestly um you know so they're they're looking for that um in in those kids again um you know opportunity to get uh, a leg up for sure and that's you know kids that could take Spanish more seriously in high school. Right. <laughs> Maybe don't speak it yes. at home. Um, but if those kids can learn that second language, they're just oh. as marketable, right? So um, really focusing on that and, and making sure that our kids know that that opportunity is there because there are certifications that can allow them to be a medical translator, right? Um, now they have to take a very uh, uh, difficult test from what I hear um, to be able to be able to get that and be able to um, have that certification. But it is an opportunity, and that's something that, again, from a pay standpoint, you know, the, the, the hospitals, healthcare industry, and everywhere in between, emergency services and stuff are, are longing for that, right? Um, to, to have that person on site and on staff that can, that can navigate that, mm -hmm. that world for them um, to make sure that we're giving people the care that, that they need and, and deserve. So uh, definitely a big part. So, Allie, you, you actually came mm -hmm. to talk about the capital finance part of this. So sure. let's talk a little bit about money. Yeah. Um, what, is, what is the plan, the overall cost, you believe, of this project? So, of course, those can fluctuate a little bit. Um, we're talking about construction costs. So, you know, yeah. what one thing was last week is a different thing next week. But um, our, our for our ready um, application, uh, it was about an $8.7 million project. Um, and we're at about 72% right now in terms of uh, getting to the finish line. So we're entering what would be, I would consider kind of a quiet phase moment of the campaign um, and reaching out to, to some folks and, um, and having those conversations about where we're going, um, but have been developing, um, you know, what that might look like in terms of pledges and in years and naming of classrooms and, and things like that, that okay. are our potentials. So what, I'm not good at math. So what's the sixty percent that we need? Seventy-two percent is what is where we're at where right we're now. At. So but we're we at about six point two. We need to get to eight point seven. The, the total amount that the private funding funding. How much do you know what that? 
pulls out to be? That was uh, 2.5. Is what you were looking 2. for. 2.498. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> number to number to numbers um, after that. So, um, so yeah, we're at about 6.2-ish. Um, and we have, uh, Jen just got a grant the other day um, uh, through the state that she applied for. So that's going to help um, take care I just, of some equipment. I was wondering because um, you talked, you said a grant earlier and mm-hmm. I thought, can a grant be counted as the yes. private donation? Yes, yeah, okay. it can. So, um, and and you can make up, you know, p- public doesn't. So that was the twenty twenty sixty right in the in the mm-hmm. ready application. Right. We didn't have to stop. Like at twenty, if we got twenty percent of public in, we didn't have to stop asking public. Right. Like uh-huh. so we could that public could then push it, into the private. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the same thing that's happening with these grants. So any grant that we get um, will go into that private funding match as well. So those. Like I said, Jen got one um, that will help with um, some of the equipment that we need and some of the equipment nice. for the new courses and, and some things like that. That's going to be fantastic. Um, it goes right to what we're trying to do with mm-hmm. vet science and fire and rescue and, and some of the healthcare care stuff. Um, we got part of that grant is to pay for some technical assistance through um, Purdue in Mac is what it's called. And that's a manufacturing competitive competitiveness center um there's a lady that works there that um she's really great and and we're hoping to um to to work with them on some technical assistance to really help build out that manufacturing space right in that digital manufacturing zone um and uh really take us to the next level in in that world um but yeah so any of those you know we've applied for a couple of different grants uh, have a host of grants on our mm-hmm. list of things that um as the spring rolls around there's some that are due like april one some that are due may one um so we're we, we have those in the hopper right now and and are you know starting to work through those and what those questions and answers that they need um in applying for those and and those will go right to the project um in terms of either equipment by um you know construction depending on if that's what they can pay for there's a grant that we're applying for to help with the hopefully with the kitchen with the culinary kitchen um and that will pay for the equipment that we'll need uh, some of the equipment Mm -hmm. not not all but some um so i'll take a little bit of a dent out of that cost um so planning on continuing to do that for all of the programs um and really try to make a uh you know a bigger dent in that in that fundraising um gap that we have so so on the private side of things rusty and i talked earlier a little bit earlier on and i you know in my mind i've been very narrow-minded because all i have really thought about was industry the the manufacturing side of things that you know who's your tire they they know you know we're going to have training for for people that are going to be able to come here and and step right into the workforce but I wasn't thinking about it. But this culinary side of things, Swan Lake could give you money. Uh, you know, the brass rail, mm-hmm. you know, restaurants can put into that. Um, yeah. I mean, the hospital will be putting in, I'm sure. Uh, both of them here in town should be helping to put that. So it's when you look at all the different offers, the, the airport out here, while it is the Plymouth Airport, and that's why the city of Plymouth has put money into this mm-hmm. the fire side of things are mm-hmm. coming in but we have a private business working out of that airport too mm-hmm. so they can i mean it it just makes it yeah you know when you think of all the different offerings that are out there um you know and i'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus but i'm just going to say like carrie's daycare mm-hmm. uh carrie weir you know i mean she has a fantastic setup out there in a great place but for her to try and get certified teachers to come in to help her this could be a benefit to her. So, you know, yeah, 
they might only be able to put in a thousand dollars to help out, but that thousand dollars adds up. Yeah, so and we so, we won't we won't turn any money away um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as we're going. Um, you know, uh, but I I think too. You know, the the other thing is. Um, always making sure that we're thinking about this as a county project too, right? Yes. So uh, yeah. this is not, too, you know, yeah. this is not, um, you know, it, it benefits the city of Plymouth, obviously, in terms of, you know, where it is in, in, in our kids, our Plymouth kids get to go to these classes. Yes. Um, but it also is extremely beneficial to Bourbon and Bremen and, and, and Culver and everybody else. can offer in some other way, maybe. Yeah. Um, it's hard for schools to offer up cash. Yes. Yeah. That's a, um, that gets a little bit hairy with right. the state. Um, they don't like that too much, but I, I think there are opportunities. Um, first of all, they're sending their kids, right? And that, Correct. that is, that's the most important. And a lot of them are actually now providing transportation yes. for them. Yeah. So we don't have kids, yeah. you know, at the high school, getting in their car, driving, but we have some bus transportation that's going on that makes it nicer too. Yeah. And that, you know, us, being in a central location, being at the high school mm-hmm. and, and at Lincoln, I, you're right there, right? So from a tra- drop-off standpoint, it makes it easy for, for our folks that are, are traveling. Um, but yeah, so from a, I mean, a county standpoint, our kids just uh, attending those classes, and we have great representation across the board from, from all of our schools. Um, and, and that even gets into, you know, and, I, it, and this gets into the hairy or the convoluted part of this process, but with the shared programs, depending on what program it is and depending on, on, right. on who's offering it, kids may be driving from, you know, like an OD to Plymouth for a class, uh, or kids may be driving from Plymouth to Knox for a class. Um, like Knox is host cosmetology. Right. We don't have we that don't. here. Yep. Um, so any kid in Marshall County has to go to cosmetology, they're going to Knox. Um, and that's, that just is what not it is. Not to say that it might not come here at some point. So, and then aviation aviation only happens in right <laughs> um so we have kids although stark county could they could yes they could create one of over course there. they of have course. an airport yeah and that you know part of what we're trying to do is is create those dual programs right yeah. so if something's offered here it's offered there and vice versa um but sometimes from a cost standpoint or what it is mm-hmm. it just kind of you know it is we have what we have um but from those because of those 10 school corporations that are all part of our North Central CTE district, those kids could be coming from somewhere else. Um, even, you know, having a kid at uh, like a North Judson driving up to, to take one of our classes. If it's only offered here, like in aviation again, as an mm-hmm. example, then those kids are coming from everywhere to take part in that class. Um, if it's something that's in both places, like a health careers, that's here, that's there, we split them evenly sure. um, and kids go. So there may be opportunity, there may be times where a Marshall County school or one that sits kind of on the edge could go to Knox or could go to Plymouth depending on the program and depending on the offering. Well, and I think too, like, we'll just say OD, um, you might have 10 kids and they're coming to Plymouth to seven different programs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you get the schedule working. So they're all coming after lunch to Plymouth. And so they could all ride on the bus together and make it convenient instead of having uh, some come in the morning and then this bus comes back and switch it and you know you just you yeah. have to you have to work the scheduling oh for sure but for to sure. make it so that's a good thing yeah and that's um those are those logistical things right that we have to work through and and try to make it um best for kids right and that's what it always comes back to is what's best for kids what can we do to offer the best opportunity we possibly can for our kids in marshall county and in even stark county as those kids are coming here um and even a little bit into st joe county because mm-hmm. our laville kids might be just across the border there um and coming down this direction but the, the our kids that are part of our cooperative 
what can we do to, to provide them with the best opportunity that we can? Um, and that, that we think we're doing right now and, and are trying to, to build that out even oh, yeah. more um, to make sure that kids are, are able to be a part of that. So, yeah, I mean, um, with the shared programs, you know, that's the, those kids are coming from, from every area of the, of the county. Um, and, you know, part of the, the idea of that, that pipeline kind of issue that we were talking about earlier, um, you know, if we have a kid that's, you know, say in welding, and they're a bourbon kid, they're a Triton kid, then they go back, you know, they could potentially go back to like Faulkner fabricating and work over Certainly. there. Our early childhood kids, they may come to early childhood, but they may be from Culver. Well, then when they do their work experience, they're going to go to Culver schools. So they're going to go to Culver elementary mm-hmm. or Culver, you know, whatever, um, preschool classes and stuff. So there's that, that push is to go back to their home community. Mm-hmm. Of course, that might not, not always work, right? And there may be some more opportunity here, but maybe somebody there they have a good relationship with that, you know, I'd, I'd really like to be with X because, you know, I have uh, um, some past with them or sure. background or whatever. That's fine, right? We're not going to discourage that. But um, the idea is, you know, they come to that shared program and then they go back. Um, you know, kids coming here for a class, they're going back and, and providing that um, that experience that they have now, right, and, and have learned. Yeah, definitely. Um, and are going back to their home community to help build out their home community um, as part of Marshall County. So, so do you roughly have an idea how much money you need right now? It's about two mil, two and a half um, okay. is is our gap. Um, you know, there's and that's with pr- the the extra um, from private, obviously with the with the county and the city. And then some infrastructure improvements from PCSC and, and what they're doing in the building mm-hmm. that count that counts too because it's all part of the project. Yes, it is. Um, and then those grant dollars that are coming in, we hope to we hope to make a dent in that with that with some of those grant dollars that were were able to be um, applied for. But of course, we don't know that until they say congratulations <laughs> or not. Um, so those are things that'll help knock that down a little bit. But yeah, so we're I mean hitting the ground running and, and having those conversations and, and hopefully, um, you know, we'll get there and, and people see the, the benefit of, of this kind of project in, in our community. I'm only thinking, you know, just here in Marshall County, and I know for a lot, some people, it, this would be a, a chunk, but let's just say every restaurant could give $1,000 of how, you know, how that's probably in the neighborhood of forty thousand, forty, fifty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Now, would they have to give it all in a chunk, or could they pledge it and give it, you know, five hundred this year and five hundred next year? Yeah, we've definitely had that conversation and, and are willing to work with folks on okay. on those pledges and in in what they need to do, um, and what makes it work for them. Um, of course, I mean, as in all as in all construction projects, we. The, as the as the construction happens, we got to pay. We need the money <laughs> to pay, um, but there's also other opportunities for us to kind of make that work. So, um, so I think that there's there's definitely avenues for us to talk with folks on of if they need you know a couple years to to make their pledge. Um, you know that that's something that we can definitely have a conversation with people about. Um, and in what that means for them in terms of of what classroom and and where they want to have an impact, right? Um, you know the career center. It's one of those things where we you know we have this total that we need to get to right and it impacts everyone across the board um including lincoln and building out that lab for the health careers class and you know <laughs> and um coming back to plymouth and doing the digital manufacturing the precision machining the vet science the ag tech the greenhouse that you know they're the everything yeah. um and those are things that it all adds up so those those dollars um make an impact um 
you know, no matter, no matter how little, um, you know, it will really help us get to where we need to get. So yes, I mean, I think, um, you know, if, if anyone is interested after hearing today and in, in learning more and in, in potentially wanting to be a part of the project um, in whatever capacity, right? It doesn't have to be necessarily money. Um, it can be, you know, we've talked about from a partnership standpoint, Jen and I have um, worked through that with uh, advisory teams and things for our classes. We have, we have advisory committees and, um, you know, making sure that the right people are at the table to, to offer, you know, just like with healthcare, like with criminal justice, we have, we had a, a Plymouth police officer, we had um, prosecuting attorney, you have coroner, you have, mm-hmm. you know, those guys all sitting there and saying, you know, like, let's make sure that these kids, if they're interested in this line of work, that they're hearing this or this, right, or seeing this kind of report or that kind of report. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the things that, again, I've never been a police officer. I don't know what that looks like, right? I don't know exactly what they need to write in there, um, but they do. So, you know, let's have them at the table to say, hey, use this form. This form we don't really use anymore, or this or that or the right. other, right? Um, and those are the kind of um, opportunities that folks in the community have to be a part of as well that we could talk about that, you know, if they have a, a past and, you know, they've spent a ton of time in manufacturing or spent a ton of time in precision machining world or spent a ton of time maybe that would be a great place for them to to make their mark so there's there's opportunity to be a part of this project um of course dollars help but um we can we could use uh the manpower too i guess in in that regard um just of of what we're looking for and and how to build that out so and and we talked about dollars obviously cash dollars help too um but let's just say a a flooring company is listening to the show today and say you know we want to help you with the flooring that you're going to put down in this lab or you know because you're going to have to have different kind of floorings in different kind of places even exactly um, you know in kind also includes into that yes um, yeah so, it sure does yeah, yeah that, and that's be all of that yeah and that's super helpful and that that can be i mean that everybody could make their mark in one way or another right and that that can mm-hmm. be in a number of ways um and that's you know that that's what we're thinking like commercial kitchens you know a commercial kitchen that is shifting and going in a different direction or are upgrading certain equipment if you have some if you have somewhere you'd like to give that equipment to exactly. we would gladly accept that um so there, there's opportunities um in in that world as well like you're saying but you know as we're we're going through a renovation project so anything that happens with renovation right as you're talking about flooring <laughs> and and walls and lights mm-hmm. and you know whatever else um it that's where yes a, a donation of that those items um count towards that total just like a dollar does right because if you give me a hundred dollars and i can go buy a hundred dollar light or you can just donate me the hundred dollar light and then we're we're back to the same place but that still counts towards our our total that we need so so i mean obviously you're looking at big companies to help you out but individuals can help out too 100 percent. so i mean if we intrigue somebody and they want to see you know kids get even bigger opportunities Mm -hmm. and and at the same time be able to allow adults to expand their chances to improve their lifestyle their careers um, because this this is going to open up doors for other people uh, you know to to get additional training home locally at a at a reasonable price exactly Um, there will be some costs involved for the adult sides sure um, but uh, you know even that hundred dollar check coming in would be beneficial so yes if they wanted to donate a hundred bucks to you, mm-hmm. how would they do it? So we have a fund at the Community Foundation, um, the Marshall County Career Innovation Center Fund, um, mccic.org is our website, um, and then they can they can visit my uh, the Lifelong Learning Network website, which is marshallcountylln.org. 
or they can visit Jen's website, website which is the North Central CTE website. Um, and that they can see the shared programs. They can see all of that's happening from a CTE standpoint um, in, on her site and see all the different programs that she's a part of. From an LLN standpoint, we're, only, we're a part of Building Trades, Criminal Justice, and Health Careers. But there's obviously all those others that we talked about, and that's mm-hmm. through Jen's office. So, um, But, yeah, so they can, they can do that. The, so contact, you can contact the Community Foundation. Um, Jane would be happy to help you, I'm sure. Um, and, and we can get that money into that fund, that being its own Space in right. its own place, and in that, you know, it is a safe place for it to, to sit and, um, it, you and know, until, grow. Yes, hopefully, um, until we need <laughs> um, until we need those from a construction cost standpoint. So, anybody, you're you're welcome to contact me. Uh, my email address is Allie A L L I E all lowercase at marshallcountylln.org. That's also on those websites, and it, we're listed on there too. Um, if you need it, or I'm sure Kathy can get you in touch with me if, sure. if you called in here so um but yeah i'm happy to to meet with folks i'm happy to have those conversations with them about you know diving in maybe a little bit more into the weeds of a particular program that they're very interested right. in you know if their world is culinary and they want to talk culinary then let's talk culinary um definitely willing to do that with them so um let me know if you're interested and, and be happy to have those conversations so dang that's great Allie. Yeah. i mean it's wonderful and it's so fortunate for this county yeah. to actually be getting this started and and to watch it grow now from the ground floor up yeah we're really excited so oh you should be yeah (laughs) definitely all right rusty we need to take a break yes Yes, we do (laughs) okay (laughs) wake up (laughs) no i just i'm trying to mitigate a certain situation by keeping that button off uh all right let's 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 just do this Resolve to make stronger connections with Surf Fiber Internet. Right now, get two free Eero Wi-Fi routers with gig speed. And with all speed plans, you can add on-home phone for just $10 a month. Unlike the other guys, there's no contracts, hidden fees, or annual rate increases ever. Don't miss out. Call 844-955-SURF or visit surfinternet.com to make the switch today. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. If you want to know what's going on in Marshall County, just reach for the Pilot News. Local government, people, and places. Since 1851, the Pilot News has been Marshall County's only daily local newspaper. So when you want to know what's happening around town, pick up the Pilot News. Call 936-3101 today and have everything in Marshall County delivered to your doorstep. The Pilot News. Once upon a time in a convenience store, a woman asked, which zero-calorie drink will I like more? The cashier said, I have a thought, Coke Zero Sugar always hits the spot. The taste made her heart fill with laughter, and with her Coke Zero Sugar, she lived happily ever after. Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, unbelievably delicious. No trip to the store is complete without the unbelievably delicious zero-calorie taste of Coke Zero Sugar. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project. So before you do this, or this, make sure you do this. 
For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Montgomery Well Drilling Incorporated has proudly served the Plymouth area for more than 40 years. Owners Kelvin and Tim have a highly trained team dedicated to the highest levels of customer service and workmanship. With expertise in rotary well drilling, submersible and jet pump repair and installation, they also offer 24-hour emergency service. So for all your well needs, call Montgomery Well Drilling Incorporated, 936-6239, where 100% satisfaction is a must. Such a beautiful day, uh, the sun's shining in a beautiful way, uh, gonna take a shower, brush my teeth, then life is ultimately meaningless, uh, uh, but I'll get out of the house, get on the road, top down, hands out, my favorite song and nod to the rhythm, the planet's being destroyed by your carbon emissions, but I, I, I'll head to class, do my best on every test till I pass, and my grades are screaming in my face, hey, 98% of what you learn is a waste, I get to hang out with all my friends, my friends are the friendliest friends, can't think a better way to spend my time your brain is flawed and all your friends will die mind i'm alive in the greatest nation so proud of the exploitation of the natives this graceful bird means freedom for all that to the slaves and bald eagles on bold i can live in the moment milk every second at any time you could get clinical depression but i'll just be happy no matter what's in store it's quite genetic and we have no cure uh, at least we are you're tuned in to what's your opinion on wtca employment be part of the conversation by calling 574-936-4096 or text the show at 574-307-6647. And now here's Kathy and Rusty. All right. Um, okay. 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 I'm done. You are? Yes, it's time for you to do your thing All because right. we're actually after 11 this morning. All right. Well, I can take care of that. Uh, time to wish somebody happy birthday, and that somebody is Caitlin Hunsberger is 22 Oh today. my goodness, you're telling me something I didn't actually know. Yeah. My granddaughter is having a birthday today in South Carolina. All happy right. birthday, Caitlin. Now, she's not eligible for four no. cupcakes from La Desert <laughs> Cafe, a free small drink from the Coffee Lodge, and a bouquet of flowers from Cash and Creek. But if your name is in the big hat, you are. So make sure you get it to us. Uh, before Friday. Now it's time for uh, anniversaries. None of those today. Get them in here. If you got married in February, uh, let us know. We'll wish you a happy anniversary. Come the end of the month, we'll give away 50 bucks from Deaton Clemens Van Gilder Funeral Home to some lucky couple who had the foresight to tell us their anniversary was in February. Uh, somebody's looking for an apartment. All right. So uh, if you're looking for an apartment, if you've got an apartment, I guess I should say. I think they want a small, like a yeah. What do you call a studio apartment? Studio, yeah. Yes. Okay. One bedroom. Sure. Little. Five seven four five four zero nineteen nineteen. If you're a landlord with a small apartment, five seven four five four zero nineteen nineteen. Elks Lodge menu for Friday. All-you-can-eat fish, cream chicken, shrimp and fish, hamburger steak, and includes a salad bar, potato, and dessert. They serve from 5 to 8. Carryouts are available at 935-5511. Don't forget, we're a drop-off for Bread of Life Food Pantry. They're in need of cereal, pasta, and soup in particular. Small cooking devices are also welcome. Just bring them in here. We'll make sure they get them. 
And that is Trading Post for today. Tomorrow right now is open forum. We'll see. That might change. Who knows? Woohoo! Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. I, I keep forgetting. <laughs> I've got, uh, got Homer to do that for me now. So, anyway. Very good. All right. That's All it. Right. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 9. <laughs>